It's time now for North Star Sports, your source for the hottest sports takes in the business. Here's your host, Owen Ely. Hello, everybody, and welcome to North Star Sports. I'm your host, Owen Ely. You can follow me on Twitter at Owen Ely MN. You also can follow North Star Sports on Twitter at North Star MIN. Be sure to check out our website at NorthStarsports.media. And welcome into the show, everybody. We got a great one for you here today on this Monday, August 3rd, 2020, as we look to recap UFC Fight Night Brunson versus Shabazian. And what a nice card that was, I gotta say. Uh, you know, not the most stacked card the UFC's ever put on, but, uh, you know, all things considered, uh, a pretty successful card. It, it, it was fun. Definitely flew by a little bit because, uh, you know, when I say all things considered, uh, I think two fights dropped out, like, within 12 hours of the event, maybe 24 hours of the event, uh, you know, and then certainly when you look back at, you know, even a week before, two weeks before, this fight card has just been plagued uh, by by cancellations, obviously had the weirdness with uh, Trevin Giles as he fainted uh, before he was going to take on uh, Kevin the Trailblazer Holland, uh, you know, they almost got that fight back with Ed Herman, but apparently he left the bubble and... Uh, was at a bar getting drunk, so I uh, can't can't confirm that, but that's that's interesting if that is uh, that is the case. Uh, the Marcus Perez fight fell out with Eric Spicely, and it's kind of funny looking at the tapology page for uh, this fight card. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. There were eleven canceled bouts, and I believe the fight card only had eight, so it had more canceled bouts than it had bouts that actually went on uh you know very unfortunate because uh and I guess I'll talk about this before we get to the main event which is obviously the a topic here but you know really unfortunate because there were some very solid fights that I was interested in that that fell out you know not only the 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 day of and the day before but you know even even going back a couple of weeks you look at obviously this was supposed to be a main event for Holly Holm and Arini Aldana uh I was more so interested to see how Arini Aldana progresses. You know, she had that big win over Ketlin Vieira that really propelled her in the rankings. Uh, so that would have been a tough test. Less interested in Holly Holm just because we've seen her lose so many main events, so many co-main events uh, over the last four years. So I'm not really interested in that. Uh, speaking of Ketlin Vieira, that, that bout with Yana Kunitskaya was rescheduled. Uh, that would have been a good one. I, I still think she's a real uh, potential threat in that bantamweight division. And then Jennifer Maya was originally supposed to take on Viviane Arujao. Uh, I forget who she made her UFC. She made her UFC debut, I think, two fights ago. I forget who she came in against, but she had that really nice uh, knockout KO, not just a TKO, which is pretty rare in uh, women's mixed martial arts. Uh, and then Ray Borg, his fight with Nathan, Nathan Manus uh, fell through, and that's you know I was I was pretty interested to see uh, Ray Borg. I mean, this is obviously a former title challenger. Uh, not so interested to see Nate Manus. Very unfortunate name. Uh, I, I gave him the benefit of the doubt. I called him uh, Nate Maness, uh, I think, on the, on the preview show. Uh, nope. Turns out it's just Nate Manus, which um, makes me think of Anus. So not, 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 the best, not the best last name there, but I guess you can't control that. Uh, but enough, enough chitter-chatter here. Uh, we'll get right to the uh, main event here. So Derek Brunson... Uh, TKO's Edmund Shabazian 26 seconds into the third round 
really kind of stops the hype train of Shabazian. And I guess we'll I guess we'll start with Shabazian just because I feel like that was a bigger talker. Uh, although certainly you know you have to pay respect to Brunson and the performance he put on. But you know the, I still think this is a very legitimate uh, prospect. I don't think he's going to be the youngest ever champion because I think the setback you know is going to drop him down a little bit and. Uh, you know, there's obviously some things that he needs to work on, uh, probably chiefly a gas tank. Um, I think that's probably the, the biggest thing that he needs to work on. He kind of gassed out in a three-round fight here. That's not really a good sign, but obviously young enough to imp- improve that and then some, you know what I mean? But I, I didn't really think he looked bad. He was getting hit a lot. Uh, he hit Brunson with some power, though, you know what I mean? But, uh, you know, he's going to have to work on, on his wrestling, uh, at, you know, the and the hype train really got stopped um the, the thing I will say about Edmund Shabazian and and the loss is I I don't think he was rushed you know just because you lost doesn't mean it was a mistake to put you in that fight it doesn't mean it was a mistake to match him up with Brunson you know let's not forget they were supposed to fight two other times in 2020 so you know they, they had plenty of time to prepare for each other Brunson's a crafty veteran uh, you know, the guys he's lost to have been el- more than elite level fighters in the UFC. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, I don't know. I still remain positive, even though Shabazian lost. I don't think it's really that bad of a loss. I mean, obviously it's a TKO loss. So, you know, you never want to take excessive damage, but uh, we only dropped him two spots in the North Star Sports middleweight division rankings. So I guess I can get to the rankings here quick. So Edmund Shabazian went from number nine to number 11 which means that Uriah Hall and Omari Akhmedov both move up one slot. Uh, Derek Brunson, like I predicted, like I predicted, because I, you know, I, I have access to the rankings, so I, I kind of saw this happening if he if he were to win. Uh, he's in the top five now. Derek Brunson is a top five fighter. He's sitting there uh, right at number five. We moved him up two spots, so he surpasses Yoel Romero and Darren Till. Uh, you know, those are two really good fighters, but listen, they're on, they're on, major losing streaks major well I guess with Till I mean he's one fight losing streak but he's lost three of his last four Romero's lost his last three and I get context matters they, they lost to tough opponents which is still why they're ranked in the top 10 very high but uh you know Derek Brunson staying active he's stringing together a win streak uh you know down there with Henry Hooft uh, at Sanford MMA so you know like I said, big things on, on the horizon for Brunson. If I was Brunson, I would not take a fight below him. Um, I have a funny feeling if Yoel Romero beats Uriah Hall, he probably will surpass Brunson in the ranking. So I, I'd say that's a realistic possibility. I believe they fought. Yeah, they fought before. So that would be a rematch. So, you know, that that would be interesting. Uh, you know, maybe another main event for Derek Brunson down the line. Maybe a fight night main event versus Yoel Romero. Uh, if he can get the win over Uriah Hall, which I would certainly favor him in. Um, but kind of shipping, shif- shifting over to uh, Derek Brunson. I mean, what a great performance. Uh, you know, really patient in his older age. You know, it's just night and day, night and day. Because there's a, obviously with these two guys being major hype trains, stringing together very nice win streaks, obviously both being undefeated. There, there are, it's not, it's not, you know, apples to apples but it's certainly apples to oranges they're they're both fruits you know there's a lot of similarities between the rise and the hype of Israel Adesanya on his way up and the rise and hype with Edmund Shabazian they both were major hype trains 
Now, obviously, clearly, there are some differences, but there are a lot of parallels to be made. And Brunson got absolutely destroyed by Israel Adesanya, wasn't even close, made him look ridiculous. He just kind of bum-rushed in, and, you know, Israel Adesanya, as we found out in the Yoel Romero's fight, uh, you know, he's a counter-striker, so, you know, that's... That's why the matchup with him and Paulo Costa is so interesting, because Costa is gonna Costa is gonna bring it forward, and you know that's exactly playing into Israel's game plan. I mean, Israel is is a counter striker. Not that he can't, you know, bring it to you, but I'd say chiefly he's a, a counter striker. Um, you know, but that that was on a Madison Square Garden card. I forget what year. That might have been. That might have been on the one that Cormier headlined with Lewis. So it wasn't even that long ago. It was like, you know, less than two years ago. And to see how he's kind of progressed uh, over these last couple of years, you know, switching up his training camp, you know, it, it's exciting because Brunson is talented, obviously. He's been in the UFC for a, a, a long time. Uh, you know what I mean? He's, he's won some. He's, he's lost some. You know what I mean? But he's got good wrestling. He's, he's certainly got power. I wouldn't I wouldn't say overwhelming power but he was he was really hitting Edmund with some 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 big shots so you know he, he has a if he just doesn't get over aggressive and stays patient like he did with an Edmund Shabazian he really is one of the more well-rounded fighters in the middleweight division um so he, he goes on now he's on a three fight winning streak I believe all over ranked opponents so uh Elias Theodoru Ian Heinish and Edmund Shabazian uh, the only one I, I have question about is I don't know if Theodoru was ranked. If he was, it was like 15 or something. But I, I can't remember if he was ranked. If not, still a very good, good, tough fighter. Not a very exciting fighter, but um, you know, still a, a talented, good fighter. Um, but you know, the, listen, if you're in the top five, and I always say this, and I don't, I don't think this will be next for him because obviously there's plenty of other people who are are you know more properly in line but if you're in the top five a title fight is a legitimate possibility at, at, at any time I don't think the UFC is going to go out of their way to give Derek Brunson a title shot out of uh, a victory over Edmund Shabazian but I'm just saying you know if you're in the top five anything can happen look at you know the most recent example we have Masvidal and Usman. That fight was if Burns didn't test positive for for COVID, that fight would have happened. So Masvidal would have never gotten that title shot, even though he was clearly next in line, clearly the rightful number one contender, you know, the one who the fans wanted to see the most, you know, and and they said, oh, you're playing hardball negotiating. Yeah, fuck you. We're just gonna put Gilbert Burns in there. So you know what I mean? Like, there's no look at Tony Ferguson, like. Just because you're deserving of a title shot doesn't mean you're going to get it. So, you know, if Paulo Costa, if he gets injured a week before the fight, say they offer the fight to Whitaker and maybe he turns it down or maybe he's injured or something and then they offer it, they offer it to Cannoneer and maybe he can't take it, fuck, you're, you're in a Michael Bisping spot, you know what I mean? Like Derek Brunson, you know, if a couple of things go you know, a couple of different ways, he could get a title shot, you know what I mean? Obviously, it's 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 a long shot. It would probably be a late replacement or, or, or something like that. But honestly, if he, if Brunson goes out there and beats Romero and, I don't know, say 
say Cannoneer beats Whitaker and then Cannoneer is clearly next in line. If Cannoneer plays hardball on negotiating, the UFC has proven before that they will tell you to fuck off. They'll just skip you. You know what I mean? So, uh, and that would obviously behoove Derek Brunson. So, you know, I, I obviously don't think the title's next for him. I think he's probably one or two fights away from legitimately getting to, to the title fight. But again, anything can happen. And when you look at the top five, uh, you know, there's very interesting fights. If, if I was Brunson, I would say nobody below me. I don't want anybody below me. But being a realist, do you really think they're going to give Derek Brunson somebody in the top four? Probably not. So I would say, I would say, well, Darren Till's got the torn MCL, so he's probably out for a hot minute. But yeah, or Yoel Romero, maybe a Gastelum, you know. Uh, but I, I would really target the winner of, of Romero and Hall. And then obviously if Hall, if Hall wins, then I, I think that's less interesting than a Romero-Brunson fight. But, you know, Hall and Brunson... Uh, I've, I've, I feel like they've fought before. I can look that up real quick. Um, they, pr- they probably have. Derek Brunson has fought everybody. Okay, sure, they, they fought in 2016. Yeah, I, I figured. Derek Brunson has fought everybody in that division. So, you know, it's really hard to find somebody who's been a, a more active staple of the middleweight division over, say, the last five years than Derek Brunson. You know what I mean? Last six years really I mean you know he's been a very active fighter here in the UFC so uh, you know kind of good to see him win obviously uh, Edmund Shabazian was the lock of the week here for the mailman so uh, that's two weeks in a row two two weeks in a row that uh, the lock of the week was incorrect so uh, you know obviously uh, hasn't really been the lock of the week Um, and and, and another uh, another piss poor performance actually you know what no we've been pretty good on on uh, picking fights but a piss poor performance here uh, by North Star Sports I can pull that up here uh, we went three of five on our picks so you know that's that's bad we didn't even go 500 on our picks so that that really fucking sucked um, you know terrible performance we'll try to do better I think it dropped our percentage by like a point and a half on our yearly total so you know that stinks like you look at the last few fights we've had super super good Poirier and Hooker we went eight and two U- Usman and Masvidal we went 11 and two like holy shit that's pretty much the pinnacle we, we had 11 correct picks on that fight card okay we cool down and go six and five for Cater and Ige you know not not great but you know still above 500 nine and three for Figueredo versus Benavidez 10 and five for Whitaker and Till which is not great, but, you know, it's two-thirds of your picks that you're getting correct. And then three and five for this one. Damn, that... I blame all the kookiness as to as to why that happened. You know, I think all the fight cancellations really messed up my predicting. Um, th- that's what I'm going to blame it on. Uh, you know, I think if uh, Gerald Mearshart would have... I picked him. I think if he would have fought, he would have won. Uh, I think if Kevin Holland would have took on Trevin Giles, I think he would have smoked him. So that's two picks right there. So if those two had had their fights go on, I think I would have been five and five. But also by that logic, when I pick these fights, I think I'm, I I pick these fights because I think they're they're gonna happen. So obviously, you know, the five I got incorrect. You know, I, I certainly certainly thought I was gonna go eight and zero, oh, but um, yeah, fuck, that's uh, that's a real bad one. But I tell you what, I'm still the champ. I'm still the North Star Sports money weight champion. I defended the belt uh, versus Drew Peterson. It was a 39-39 draw. 
So we've had three uh, head-to-head showdowns. Two of them have been draws. Um, you know, it, it was tough. The pressure was really on me as the champ to defend my belt, and it was a little spooky because it was a six-fight main card. Okay. No offense to Drew Peterson because he's growing in the sport, and, you know, he's he's a diehard sports fan, so he's really taken his UFC picks seriously. You know, he's he's not just picking... He, I guarantee you, he's not just picking to pick. He's picking to try to beat me. He's picking to try to knock me out in the main card showdown. You know what I mean? He's trying his, his best, you know. But I still feel confident in my abilities, especially on the cards that are longer. Like like Whitaker and Till, th- that main card showdown. I beat him 70 to 61. That means I won every single fucking round. You know what I mean? So I like when there's big main cards because I'm confident in my skills that over the long term, uh, you know, main card showdown of of these additional fights, that I'm just gonna pull away from them. But we went from six to five to four, and then it gets weird because then it's then it's like the 2020 MLB season. You know what I mean? Like anybody can win the World Series because it's so shortened. You only have to perform for 60 games. You know what I mean? So with this, you only have to perform for four fights. So that that really played in Drew's favor. Because it's only four fights. Anything can happen. Um, I want to say... Well, I can pull up the, the predictions here. Um, yeah, what was it? So we both were incorrect on Lando Venata. So it was 10-10. I picked exactly Vincente Luque to beat Randy Brown in the second round by TKO. Which happened by four seconds. I was, I was gloating to him on that one. I was so fucking proud of that one. Because Luque... Luke never really goes to a decision. He had the decision lost to Wonderboy Thompson, but he never really goes to a decision. He always knocks out his opponents, and he always does it in round three. So when he when Drew picked Luke by round three, I was pissed because that was the one I was going to choose. So I just picked round two, and by four seconds, I got it correct. Uh, so I won that one. We had the same prediction. We both picked Calderwood to win by decision. So heading into the final fight, you know, I had a one-point lead. Uh, and, uh, I just, I just needed, oh, what was the situation? I just needed Brunson to not, if Brunson won by decision, Drew would win the belt. And that is, we can't have that happen. If Brunson won in any other fashion other than a decision, so if he gets a finish, we tie, and that's obviously what happened. And then if Edmund won in any fashion, I would win. So, you know, whatever. It's you know, it kind of reminds me of uh, UFC 217 with uh, Tyron Woodley and uh, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. How it went to a draw. You know what I mean? But I tell you what, I'm Tyron Woodley in the situation. Even though it's a draw, I still defend my belt. You know what I mean? You got to beat the champion. You have to beat me. If it's a draw, I defended my belt. That's how it is in MMA. That's how it. That's how it is in boxing. You know what I mean? So, you know, tough shit. You know, he he should have beat me 40 to 38 or whatever. So, you know. I'm still the champ. That's still the first ever defense of the of the North Star Sports money weight belt. So, you know, I'm sitting pretty. I'm still the motherfucking champ. You know what I mean? So, uh, it's just another another day in, in in the life of Owen Ely. You know what I mean? Just North Star Sports champion. Uh, but moving on here, we'll kind of fly through some of these because a lot of these were nondescript. But we had a, a quick win submission uh, via armbar for Jennifer Maya over Joanne Calderwood. Uh. Kind of caught me by surprise. I mean, Maya was a 500 fighter in the UFC, albeit, you know, she debuted, I think, in the top 10. So, 
you know, kind of flip-flopped some some wins. Uh, and apparently boss man Dana White thought it was enough to give her a title shot. So, you know, that's interesting. I think she will get absolutely murdered by Valentina Shevchenko. But in fairness, I think Calderwood would have been murdered by Shevchenko. So uh, I don't have confidence in anybody to beat Shevchenko. Uh, so... I don't know. Good for her. I mean, you, you you win this fight, but you just earned yourself a vicious ass beating, probably at the, probably in December. Uh, so uh, that that that's interesting. And and for Calderwood, kind of sucks. You know, I saw a lot of people saying, "Why did she take this fight?" Well, listen, just because you had the title shot lined up doesn't mean you were guaranteed to get the title shot. Again, I revert you back to Masvidal and Usman and all the bullshit that went on with that. You know what I mean? So just because at a given point in time you were scheduled for the title in no way means that you're ever going to get that back because all it takes is for another good performance from somebody else to overshadow you. Uh, in, in the UFC, there's two things, and they kind of go hand in hand, but the two biggest things in the UFC are getting wins. You have to win. You have to win. You have to stay active. Um, shit, I forgot the other big thing. Actually, I think that that's what it was, staying active. You know what I mean? You have to stay active. Oh, the other thing was, uh, excuse me, so getting wins and staying active, and then uh, a recency bias. There's a major, major recency bias. You know what I mean? Santiago Ponzinibbio, nobody gives a fuck about that guy because he hasn't fought in like three years. But I tell you what, when he comes back and when he gets a win, he's the new hot shit again. You know what I mean? So you have to stay active. You have to stay in the fans' minds. You have to stay in the UFC's good graces. And there is a major, major recency bias. So, obviously, the recency bias was so strong that Jennifer Maya got a title shot off of, you know, one one win over Joanne Calderwood. So, you know, props to her. Uh, we also had, uh, like I mentioned before, a round two TKO for Vincente Luque over Randy Brown. Randy Brown kind of deserved it. Rude Boy is a terrible fucking nickname. So, you know, he kind of deserves to get smashed. Uh, awful matchmaking. I have no idea why they put Luke against Randy Brown. Uh, they, they always try to hold Luke down. I tell you what, they always try to hold this man down. Uh, the, all this guy does is win. Not only does all Vincente Luke do in the UFC is win, he only wins by knockout. So, and for somebody who has a super exciting fight style, uh, knocks people out, gets together wins, criminally overrated. I think Vincente Luque is probably the most underrated fighter in the UFC right now. So underrated. And I know he lost to Wonderboy Thompson. It was a tough decision, but Wonderboy is just, he's fucking tough, man. You know what I mean? Wonderboy is wacky. He's weird. His style, his stance is, all that shit's just really weird. So, you know, fair play to him. He beat Luque, but uh, I would like to see Luque take on somebody in the top 10. Uh, I, I'd be very interested in that. I'll pull up the North Star Sports uh, top 15 for the welterweight division. Um, and, and, and I don't know. I mean, he called out Nate Diaz. I think that'd be a great fight. I don't think he'll ever get that fight because Nate Diaz is a bum and he's a 500 fighter and he would never take a fight with Luke because he'd get fucking smashed. But um, I guess he'd hide behind the fact he wasn't a big enough name. Um, so you have Jeff Neal and Neil Magny. They're number 12 and number 13. They're fighting each other. Um, so maybe maybe the winner of Neil and Magny. Uh, Rafael Dos Anjos. I don't know if he has a fight scheduled, uh, but that would be interesting. Uh, Michael Chiesa. Uh, I think Chiesa said he's only looking up, but who isn't only looking up? You know, you know what I mean? Sometimes you take what the UFC offers you. 
Um, so that would be interesting. You know, very, very zombie-like striking from Luke versus, uh, and I mean that in a good way, you know, to toughness and durability and just always coming forward versus, uh, you know, more, maybe a more well-rounded fighter, certainly a better ground game, we think, in Michael Chiesa. Um, but then, yeah, I don't know. I don't think I'll ever fight Damian Maya. You know, it, it, the sledding is going to get a real tough for Luke when it comes to getting a match because if you beat Luke or if you fight Luke you're gonna take a lot of damage. Yeah, you beat a ranked guy, but he's probably ranked he's probably ranked lower than where he should be, and he doesn't have a big name, which is unfortunate because I think he's a really, really good, really talented fighter, most underrated in the UFC, but doesn't really have that name value. You know what I mean? So uh, it's gonna be tough for him uh, to try to try to go up there and and do anything. Maybe you even match him up with the number fifteen, Robbie Lawler. Uh, you know, just because that's that's kind of how you how you can build Luke's name, uh, you know, help his brand. But but I mean, also it would be a great fight, tough fight, but wouldn't really do a whole lot for him in the uh, in the rankings. Uh, moving on here, we had a uh, decision victory for Bobby Green over Lando Venata. Uh, I think it was one judge scored at thirty twenty seven. One judge scored it, or two judges scored at thirty twenty six. Uh, decisive win for Bobby Green surprised me you know he had that stretch so he had the win over Clay Guida in May and before that I think he was one six and one um, so you know he, he was on he was on a, a real rough patch but I've been really impressed with Bobby Green I mean Clay Guida I think he's seen better days Lando Venata like I always say is a tough fighter but I don't he's not a world beater but you know a, a very solid victory for Bobby Green and uh, you know I'll be. I will be genuinely interested to see him fight again. Uh, moving on, we also had a round three TKO for Jonathan Martinez over Frankie Signs. Uh, didn't didn't really watch this one. I saw the finish. It was it was pretty brutal. I mean, that's what happens when you put in a young lion against uh, you know a guy who probably should not be fighting in the UFC. Uh, Frankie Signs, I believe he's thirty seven, if I'm not mistaken. Um, 39 holy shit yeah he's 39 that is so old for 135 that's ridiculously old i mean that's being 39 and being a bantamweight is crazier than that's crazier than little nog fighting at 44 i mean lower divisions i always say it they always age significantly less gracefully than you know like welterweight or, or uh, you know, middleweight. I mean, you could, you could fight at light heavyweight, middleweight, heavyweight, well into your 40s, but cannot really do that at these lower weight divisions. I mean, once you lose your speed, I mean, these these lower weight classes are, are really predicated on speed, and once you lose that, which certainly happens uh, to fighters, probably around 34, 35. I mean, it's it's downhill. You got to get out while you can, and uh, unfortunately, you got knocked out. But you know, that's the, that's the career path he chose. Uh, we also had a uh, unanimous decision victory for Nate Manus over Johnny Munoz Jr. I picked incorrectly. I, I picked Munoz. I uh, don't really know why. don't really know why because he came in on like two days' notice. But, uh, you know, sometimes uh, fortune favors the bold. And I uh, don't really have a whole lot to say about that one. Didn't really watch it. Uh, we also had a unanimous decision victory for Jamal Emmers over Vince Cachero. 
didn't really watch it. Can't really tell you anything about that because it was a fairly nondescript fight. Certainly a, a, a victory for Jamal Emmers. And then we opened this eight-fight fight card, which is, is so weird to say, especially after a couple of fight cards ago, we had a 15-fight uh, fight card. Uh, we had Chris Gutierrez going to a draw with Cody Durden. And uh, this this one was interesting. Cody Durden, he, I think he had like four and a half minutes of ground control time in that first round. Terrible strategy in hindsight by Chris Gutierrez to just kind of lay on your back and lay there because, you know, you hear people say that sometimes, but you never really want to mess with it. So they'll say, you know, he's just waiting there to get to get stood up and in the second round, he's just going to ride this out. He's accepted he's lost the round, you know, and, and he's just going to get ready for the next round. Yeah, that's that's really cool. But when you when you fight like that, it tends to turn into a 10-8 really fucking quickly. And that's what happened. It was a 10-8 for Cody Durden. I It's interesting. I don't know if they were under the new rules or the old rules. I imagine the new rules. So under the old rules, I don't really know if that's a 10-8. I, I certainly, even when I was watching the fight, I didn't really think it was a 10-8. I guess looking back at it now, yeah, it was a 10-8 because he pretty much controlled every second of that first round. But, you know, I think he might have landed 30 strikes in that first round. I mean... A lot of them weren't super hard, you know what I mean? It wasn't a uh, Hamzat Chimaya fucking smashing session, you know what I mean? It was just, yeah, he's, he's holding them down, he's kind of working them, maybe looking for submissions, kind of hitting them a little bit, you know what I mean? But shit, you you can never give up any, especially, I mean, I guess we didn't know this at the time, but, you know, a lot, obviously knowing that most fights end up in a draw, or uh, a decision, fuck, you never want to mess around with the judges. Never mess around with the judges and give up a round. You know what I mean? I mean, that, that's just terrible. So, And then Chris Gutierrez clearly won rounds two and three. So, you know, you see that he was upset when the scorecards were read. Uh, put it at 28-28 for all three judges. But shit, man, that's tough, man. On If I was scoring at the time, I would have given it to Gutierrez because I would have gone 29-28. But, you know, fuck, man, you can't mess with judges, man. You just can't mess with them can't mess with judges you can never not try in a fight you know what I mean and, and I guess I'm not saying he didn't try but you know just accepting that ground position accepting that you lost the round just sitting there doing nothing ah really bit you in the ass and you know this is a guy who is coming off of that leg kick TKO one of uh of, of 13 to ever happen in UFC history so this is a guy who has a skill that is super hot the last six months and the last six months you know, leg kicks have been really, uh, you know, in vogue uh, the last six months. So, you know, I guess I'm still pretty high on him, all things considered, for, for you know, fighting in the future. Clearly going to have to work on that ground game because a guy who came on a, a guy who came in on short notice, uh, or actually, no, this is one of the only fights that didn't get changed. So, okay, this was, this was planned. But, the, you know, this is a guy who uh, only had one UFC fight up to this point. Uh, or actually, no, I'm sorry, I had, the, I had the wrong thing up. Cody Durden was making his UFC debut. Uh, and, you know, honestly, it, if I had to be more excited about one of these fighters over the other for the future, it might be Cody Durden. I mean, his wrestling looked really, really good. I was really impressed. You know, that, that that's really a skill that's going to translate, you know, into some victories inside the octagon. So, uh, I see that he has some kickboxing bouts. I see he has some boxing bouts. 
Uh, but that you know that's very very interesting, and you know it's he's a relatively young guy, um, 29 years old. So uh, I, I I don't know. I, I guess I, I again the the biggest compliment I could give Cody Durden is after that performance, I wouldn't mind seeing him fight again. You know what I mean? There's there's some fighters who are just boring as shit. You know what I mean? Where oh even though you won that convincingly, it was boring. I have no interest in seeing you fight again. Even even in a draw. You know what? I I really do have interest in seeing Cody Durden fight again. Don't know where he goes from here, but uh, you know I I have some interest in that. Uh, so with that, we're gonna wrap up the show here. So uh, we'll have uh, I I think we'll, we'll we're trying to keep the schedule. So we'll have shows Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Uh, actually really helps having these uh, morning shows. Obviously, obviously this is a late night show cause I, I had to do some stuff today, but, uh, really helps cause I got some work coming up. So, but you know, it's not going to impact my thing cause, uh, you know, I'll be doing those shows, uh, pretty much bright and early in the morning. And by that, I mean, 11 AM. So, uh, you know, we'll have some, some other stuff. We'll probably do the preview show for, uh, UFC fight night, Lewis versus Olenek, which I believe is the next one. Uh, we'll probably do that on Thursday. I'd say, obviously, the main card showdown on Friday. Uh, we'll have something to talk about tomorrow. Maybe we'll talk about the Minnesota Wild and, and uh, you know, how they're uh, faring in the playoffs. And, you know, watch some uh, some of the uh, NBA return. Just got done watching the uh, the Lakers take on the Jazz. So, you know, there, there will always be fun stuff to talk about. So uh, we'll figure that out tomorrow. Uh, but we'll wrap it up here. So, uh, again, you can follow me on Twitter at Owen Ely MN, North Star Sports on Twitter at North Star MIN. And again, always got to check out our great website at NorthStarsports.media. Thanks for tuning in, everybody.